One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we'll be talking about the Game of Thrones final season that left fans around the world distraught. Now, if you haven't watched this season, or if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, here is your formal spoiler alert. All right, let's get started. Based on the popular book series by George R.R. Martin, the television show Game of Thrones premiered on HBO on April 17, 2011. It went on to have seven incredible seasons, and its final eighth season became one of the most anticipated scripted television events ever. The season was set to air April 14, 2019 and it would comprise of six episodes that served as the series' final installments. Fans around the world gathered at Game of Thrones viewing parties, sipping on red wine and munching on dishes like The Hound's Fried Chicken, Sansa's Sassy Lemon Cake, and Hot Pies Pot Pies, inspired by their favorite show. 
But the fans' enthusiasm quickly turned to anger and confusion when episode after episode left viewers with more to be desired. According to an article on CBR.com, quote, Unfortunately, after a slow and steady pace that had become a signature for the series, the final season moved things along incredibly rapidly. As a result, the elaborate character development that previously happened over an entire season now unfolded over a single episode, or rather, in mere minutes. Large distances were covered in very little time, and convenient plot contrivances helped speed things along. Essentially, Game of Thrones didn't feel like the Game of Thrones anymore. The penultimate episode, number five, titled The Bells, was the final nail in the coffin. In this episode, Daenerys, a.k.a. the Mother of Dragons, turned heel and burned down the entirety of King's Landing. Triggered by the execution of Missandei and the rejection of Jon Snow after he reveals his Targaryen secret and pretty much implies that he feels weird kissing his aunt, Daenerys turns into a disheveled-haired version of a Mad Queen. She and her dragon then go on to decimate the capital and mass-murder all of its civilians. We also see what is known as Cleganbull, the fight between the brothers, the Hound, and the Mountain. Both die when the Hound pushes both of them through a wall and into the fiery depths. Also killed in the fiery inferno were the incestuous Lannister twins, Cersei and Jaime, who died together crushed by a crumbling crypt. This all turned out to not be the big action-packed penultimate episode that fans wanted. In fact, more than 1.8 million fans signed a Change.org petition urging HBO to remake the final season. By the time the finale came around on May 19, 2019, many people were too angry to care about Jon Snow stabbing Daenerys in the heart, Dragon burning down the Iron Throne, Bronn becoming the King of the Seven Kingdoms, Sansa becoming the Queen of the North, Arya running away on some unknown adventure, and our beloved Jon Snow heading to the Wall and off with the Wildlings to avoid a death sentence. The final episode, along with the entire season, fell flat. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. And who has a better story than Bran the Broken? Who better to lead us into the future? I know you don't want it, but I ask you now, if we choose you, will you wear the crown? Why do you think I came all this way? Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats. The final season aired exactly 585 days after the season 7 finale. That's nearly two years. The majority of season 8 was filmed in Croatia and Northern Ireland. It was estimated to have cost $15 million per episode. That's $90 million for the six-episode season. The series finale drew a record 19.3 million viewers, the highest rating for an HBO episode ever. The eighth season was the lowest rated season on Rotten Tomatoes with 58%. 
One of the most talked about moments of the final season was actually a scene in episode four where a Starbucks coffee cup was left on set next to Daenerys. Shockingly, the fifth episode, The Bells, was the lowest rated episode in the history of the show. Sophie Turner, who plays the Queen of the North, Sansa Stark, told the New York Times that the calls and online petitions from disgruntled viewers to reshoot season eight were, quote, disrespectful to the cast and crew. Dracarys. With us today to talk about one of the world's greatest disasters is... Of course, producer Amanda Lund. At your service. Fact checker Chris Smith. Fact check, check. And our very special guest, Matt Gorley, in the literal house. In my house. Exactly. In his house with Amanda, (laughs) while I'm in my house with Chris. (laughs) Two houses. House Pasadena versus House Altadena. Rival Uh, Dinas. Rival Dinas. We are the kingdom of the north. We are the northern kingdom. That's right. Oh, right. Oh, lucky. And you guys are brunettes. And we're the Lannisters because we're both a little bit lighter complexion. Wait, I'm not. You are. Yeah, and And you're you're fair. And you're twin brother and sister. So it it matches. You're a twin brother and sister. Oh, that's true. Well, Matt and I are actually, we're second cousins. (laughs) Is that for real? (laughs) Yes. We never told you that? Yeah, we're second cousins. No, you're lying. That's cool. (laughs) No, we're we're not. We're first cousins. Oh, well. This is why you're the perfect people to be our guests today. Because boy, I we need to understand and get to the bottom of who's to blame for the se- final season of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to start off by just asking: Did any of you sign the petition on Change.org? to redo the final season. No, and may I add, fuck no. Because I, I for one, I'm sorry, I don't mean to come charged out of the gate like this. but (laughs) That's really intense, Matt. I don't believe that this show belongs to us. We were lucky to have it, and those creators, yeah, we can talk about the merits of the last season, but that's what they gave us, and that's what we have to have, right? Well, we'll see. It would be amazing if the Alarmist podcast was the spark that ignited the reshoot of the last season. So, Amanda, you also did not sign the petition. No, I kind of am on the same team as Matt as far as I thought people's reaction, while I had have my own bone to pick with a lot of what went on in the final season, I thought people were being a little bit whiny and ungrateful. Perhaps I didn't have as much invested in the show, even though I was a huge fan as some of these other people, just because even when I am a fan, I'm not really a fan girl, if that makes sense. Except for if we're talking NSYNC or Backstreet Boys. I, for one, did not sign the petition. Did you, Chris? I didn't sign the petition. I'm sort of of the same mind. Um, We're all lucky to have... Um, sort of broad range of interests uh, and and um, uh, also jobs uh, and stuff to <laughs> occupy our time so that, you know, Game of Thrones is where it should be in our lives, which is, you know, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a TV show. So I agree with you guys in that it was we were lucky to have Game of Thrones. But that said, I was very unsatisfied with the final season. And I think... 
that we should start putting people up on the board. And the first people, obviously, that need to go up on the board are the showrunners. Now, David Benioff? Yeah, <laughs> Benioff. Benioff and D.B. Weiss. First of all, he should really tell us what D.B. stands for. We, we only know two other D.B.s, am I right? That's D.B. Sweeney. From the cutting edge, am I right about that? Some the of, ice skating romance some of us, movie. Yes, yeah, some of us didn't even know that DB, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, and we've also got—is it DB Cooper, the famous guy who did the big robbery and skydived out of a plane and was never seen again? Two DBs I didn't know about. Fact checker, Chris, are you going to get on that? I need to know if I'm right. DB Cooper is a pseudonym of an unidentified man who hijacked a Boeing seven twenty seven aircraft in the Northwest United States. And D.B. Sweeney, actually, yeah, he is that actor. He is that actor, Matt. First name on the board, D.B. Sweeney. So according to a CNN article, quote, many fans expected more, especially if there was no rush to end the series. But Benioff and Weiss told Entertainment Weekly that HBO would have been happy to have more episodes in the final season. But the showrunners decided to limit the final season to six episodes instead of the usual 10. We always, this is a quote from them, we always believed it, the series, was about 73 hours. And it would be roughly that. Benioff said as much as they wanted more they understood that this is where the story ends now wait a 73 second. hours that is number? that a normal number to just come up with every show has to be plus or minus 73 hours <laughs> and it can't be 72 or 74 <laughs> wait I, I have a quick question yes and i think you're gonna find that i'm gonna defend these guys and because here's the key thing that i need to know and i wonder if in your research you found this out because i don't know this uh-huh they, I could see where they had fatigue and they wanted to wrap it up. And so they chose that number and were heading towards that. But at what point were they given the end trajectory by George R.R. R. Martin, which I know he did give them. And at one point were they locked into that amount of episodes and went, oh no, we have to like course correct so harshly to get there. Even though they might've known the basic parameters, they didn't know how, because even Martin, he was kind of like, teeing up that's that um um bran no uh dragon lady oh daenerys 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 was kind of bad and you could find little hints of it in the show but i don't think the show was aware of it so they had to get that in there and that's what felt like such stark contrast to what we'd known i'm just wondering what the politics behind it were because that's feels important before we judge them obviously george has to go up on the board but to make a case against the showrunners, I think they had more episodes at their fingertips. So HBO had always said they were down to keep going with this. And they obviously had the plot points before they started writing and before they started going into production. So at any point, they could have said, you know what, this is just not doable in six episodes. Let's make it eight. But I also understand where they're coming from because they had been at this for a decade and it could that last season it could have been four more seasons and so they're probably thinking at some point we're gonna have to put a limit on this and let's just make it six episodes because we all want to move on with our lives um and two more episodes you're like oh that's not a big deal but think about that that would add months onto the production schedule right i mean that's a fair point Absolutely. I think everything needs to come to an end. But again, they taught this is what we've been taught to do. The baby needs a bottle. 
<laughs> until it, uh, the baby needs a bottle until it's about, I don't know, three. When do you take the bottle away from the baby? <laughs> I'm still drinking one. Me too. Um, but uh, it's, a, it's a good point, And we don't really know uh, if any of our listeners have any other insight, because you'd probably have to go through interviews with these guys. into try- I want inside behind the scenes information. No interview stuff. I want closed door, yeah. smoke filled room. Can we get in the dirt? I, I want D.B. Weiss's assistant I to come out. I want to get inside the mind us. of the serial killers. <laughs> so obviously we're going to put uh, we're going to put George Martin or lack thereof George Martin. <laughs> but I just want to go through a few other gripes against the showrunners. There was the other gripe uh, that the characters' actions weren't making sense. And this is uh, another CNN quote. Quote, fans had such high hopes for Jamie. He was on the upward trajectory to be a good person. And then he decides after sleeping with Brienne to go back to the sister slash lover, Cersei, the woman he had abandoned over the tre- over her treacherous ways. And then Arya had Cersei atop of her- Cersei atop of her li- kill list before the hound told her, no way, kid, get out of here. And Arya obeyed him, question mark. That was new. Then Tyrion who pr- prided himself in being the smartest Lannister and keeps saying how Daenerys wants to make the world a better place, thought it would be okay to tell Varys the truth about Jon Snow without Danny mm-hmm. getting mad. Then he crosses Danny again by, feel- by freeing his brother Jamie. Some fans feel these episodes have betrayed seven seasons of painstaking character development. I feel, I agree with, some of that and some of it I don't. It's almost like I don't agree. I don't have a problem with the choice of the trajectory of Daenerys. It was just, I think, how quickly it had to be dispatched. And I didn't even mind the Arya thing be- and Jamie because that what this show was so good at was not just subverting your expectations for the sake of subverting your expectations, but going like, this is real life. People changed their minds and they did such a good job of taking people to like all this dynamic range none of that bothered me. It was just that they executed it so quickly and almost in a way that's kind of like just perfunctory or something. For me, the big misstep of the season was the fact that they faced off against the army of the dead or whatever. And just that just ended that it wasn't even this series climaxing thing that just it almost felt like, Oh, we got to deal with this. And I cared more about the human relationships than I did about that. But that felt like something that they just wanted to get out of the way. And the fact that it happened in basically one episode and nobody died, not that that means anything good or bad necessarily. Well, we can't but, discount, forget about Jorah. Right, right. But that was like a tax. Like, oh, yeah. we got to sacrifice someone to this. And it wasn't a story sacrifice. It was a like political sacrifice or something. Yeah, and I do think the one thing I did like about the season was Arya killing the Night King. Yeah, that yeah. Was I thought that was actually one of the coolest moments. And that episode I thought was really good, even though it was too dark to see. Yeah, from what I... <laughs> Way too right. dark. I mean, but just circling back to uh, who's to blame for this whole mess, I think that it's important... Like, one something that uh, one of you two said, I thought... Uh, made a lot of sense which was look if you're you're gonna have to end a season you're just gonna have to deal with the fact that these storylines are gonna come to a close of course they're gonna feel quick because they'll be they're over so it's gonna you're gonna feel that sort of feeling of uh being bereft of these characters or their uh, and their arcs so you're just gonna feel a sense of wanting more i think that's natural the question is perhaps 
six episodes. The, 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 to me, going back to this conversation between where the showrunners decided s- s- on seventy three on seventy three hours, like where did that <laughs> where did that number come from? Well, and I don't know that we don't know we until we hear from DB Weiss's assistant, who's gonna email <laughs> us. We won't know why. But according to digitalspy.com, quote, while the television series was already moving away from Martin's books and including more and more original material, it was after production of the sixth season, at which point the five completed novels had been more or less exhausted, that Benioff and Weiss made public that their decision to wrap up the TV show. George R.R. Martin, who again does have financial stake in all of this, uh, and said that Game of Thrones could have continued for Mm. so many as 13 seasons, even suggesting that it would take at least that many for the show to be completely faithful to his books. Mm. Quote, and this is George R.R. Uh, R. Martin saying, I don't know why it's ending. He, uh, he said last, uh, ask David and Dan. We could have gone to 11, 12, 13 seasons, but guess they wanted a life. And I think apparently that was a joke, but it could also, you know, the best jokes are uh, based on reality. That's so true. On truth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that says quite a bit that they did want a life. This thing took over their life and i have some sympathy for them as a as humans i have two things to say and they're both points that make cases against the showrunners and the author one they're for the against the showrunners they had the show because they had departed from the books they had their characters on a certain trajectory. Yeah. And then George R. R. Martin comes in and says, well, this is where things are supposed to go. In his mind, he's got two more books to wind all this up and however many seasons he thinks it should take. Yeah. These guys know they only have six episodes. At that point, they could have said to George R. R. Martin, this doesn't make sense. They could have pushed back against the way he wanted to wrap things up. Interesting. So you're implying that maybe there's a, a, a rift between uh, the creators of the TV show and the author. Yeah, or maybe there should have been more of a rift. Oh, but we just don't um, know when when they found out those details Well, it wasn't in the middle so of, much. right, like it was before they started writing, I'm sure. This season. Yeah. Yeah. And so the other thing is, there was a better way to wrap this all up, even with the plot twists and turns that they had as is, there was a much better way to do that even in six episodes. Yeah. And the And the end of the story is, is that they just didn't execute it to the best of their ability. There was lazy writing, like just just outright lazy, lazy writing. Wow, this is I've never seen this side of Amanda. Yeah, but there there could have been there could there was a better way to do it. And then a, a point against R.R. Martin is that he could have he was giving them his notes on the final season that in his head and with the books this is the perfect ending to his story in the books and i don't think he was watching the show as it is and thinking what's the best ending for the tv show so maybe we need to put george rr R. martin not watching the tv show as <laughs> something to blame because clearly we know he watched it we know he watched it <laughs> i get hey can we throw hbo up on there because and I like HBO, but sometimes the need to drive material... Oh, it's already on there, huh? It's already mm. on the list? Uh, this reminds me yeah. of like Lost, a show that started so strong and ended so poorly. And I don't mean like choice-wise, but 
they had such a hit on their first season and had no end in sight. And then the, the network said, you need to string this out. You need to string it along and, and draw it out. And so they had a whole season at least of filler. And I just wonder how much either through financial enticement or pressure HBO is saying, you've got to draw this out. It's a huge hit for us. This is everything. They must have felt immense pressure. I just don't think we can understand the pressure that those two showrunners were under. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I, I think you're right, Matt. I think we do need to put HBO up, uh, up on the board. I almost feel like it needs to go up on the boards because the, I feel like somehow the executives should have stuck to their guns and had the creators write at least a 10 episode final series. Um, Even if they weren't willing to run the show, they could have they, had yes. someone else come on board. That's a good yeah. point. I, and it hurts me to say this, but maybe network executives were actually right in requesting <laughs> the 10 episodes. It, it happens. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a suggestion based on Matt's rant, which I think we might be able to blame J.J. Abrams for this problem mm. because I think he his whole like ethos or maybe like I've read this somewhere where he's like he used to he there's a story about him giving his kids like a, a box like and he, the mystery box. the mystery box. Exactly. What is this deal? So he gives his kids a mystery box and he's like, you can open it. And then you'll know what's in the box, but also you could keep it unopened and never know what's in the box. And it could be anything. Oh. And like, what's, is it Schlesinger's cat? Is that? <laughs> oh, no. What's that the wrong name? Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger? Schrodinger. Oh. But in a way it is because that's like a physics experiment where a cat is both alive and dead at the same time. But you don't know the state until you open the box. 
But it no, it kind of is because he's saying to the kids that the mystery is the value, not the destination. The journey, not the destination. But the problem is that doesn't translate to network television. You can't you can't do that in a network television show and not have a payoff. It's wholly unsatisfying. Bingo. Yeah, and, the, and and HBO did not learn that lesson with Lost, and that is a perfect. HBO a, did not do Lost. Oh. Right. That's H- right. ABC did lost. No, it was yeah. ABC. But I, I think we should put the cat up on the board. <laughs> <laughs> and Schrodinger, too. And Schlesinger. Schrodinger, Schlesinger. Up there. <laughs> you know what I have uh, a suggestion yeah, for, too? Good point. What a, th- didn't they not have a writer's room for Game of Thrones? Wasn't it just like them, too? Oh, is that true? Oh, so I looked it up on IMDb. And so according to IMDb, the cast had... 831 people. So the cast consisted of 831 people. Wow. The the amount of writers in all 11 uh sorry, in all 8 seasons uh, amounted to 9. Wow. Wow. That's so interesting. So normally television is a really collaborative art form unlike movies for the most part. And so this is one of those situations where it was really, they were kind of considered auteurs. And because the show was such a hit, I think they had so much trust in them, but they were obviously in a way unwilling to outsource. And so that's also probably part of the reason why it was so oppressive for them schedule wise. If perhaps if they had 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 more of a balance with it from the beginning, Based off uh-huh. what you said, Amanda, I, I think we should put poor managerial skills. And let me let me kind of throw this out there. Maybe poor managerial skills, yes, but above that, creative ego. Mm. <laughs> Is it out of line to put the fans on the board? Absolutely not. In fact, uh, they're on my list. I think that, okay. you know, we don't like to victim blame here uh, on The Alarmist. But it feels like one of the more appropriate times. What do you yeah, think? I, I have a hard time seeing the fans as a victim because they do nothing but receive free content. And <laughs> but not free. They're paying pay for, for it. HBO. Well, that's true. It isn't free. You're right. You pay, what, $14.99 for HBO Go or now. <laughs> the the, our, the Alarmy is receiving free content. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why you guys need to go out there and rate, review, and subscribe. Good time. <laughs> do it now. Do please. it now. But the amount of fan entitlement in the past i don't know five years or so is well hell it's alarming um it's it's really gross in a way and i felt like this and star wars are suffering from that kind of thing of like you didn't do the version i wanted and i think we all agree that this last season yeah there's a reason we're doing this episode about it but there is an element of you didn't do exactly what I wanted. And A, I don't know what that is. I wanted to be surprised, but this isn't it. So they can't even tell you what they want. But do you still mad that they don't get but it? But do you think it's a two-way street? Because so much content is being made yes. to try and tailor fit a fan to, a, to some sort of fan demand, right? Every, 100%. Every movie has to have... Whatever, X, yeah, y, and you Z, gotta have all chase, the uh, you gotta have the love story, you the have the groups, focus groups to make sure that you know it'll it'll go well in different countries and like it, yeah. you know, our con- our concern or or the networks and studios their concern with the fans liking it. It's almost like they 
uh, are made, used to it. They, they, they've created a monster. They're making they, it. Yeah, and that's why Game of Thrones is the perfect example of, I think, the absence of that, where you had auteur filmmakers or TV show makers who could do it the way they wanted. And this is a, an example of how it probably didn't turn out. But I would rather have this, like a missed the mark vision, than that focus group factory sausage or something, I guess. Because do you guys think that there was an ending to this that would not have caused an uproar? No, but at least maybe there was one where the majority was satisfied. There was something I wanted to talk about, and I think it's, it's appropriate right now. It's <laughs> our desire for a neat bow tie ending. Mm, Does yeah. that make sense? Sure. So according to a, an article on Vox.com by Zach Bochamp, God, I'm so good Beauchamp. at butchering names. Beauchamp. 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 They decided to elect a king out of the blue. The, he's talking about the final episode. Yeah, this bothered, okay. this, this was bothered the worst me the most. Part. Yeah, yeah. They decided me to king, uh, elect a king out of the blue seemingly just because... Uh, Tyrion suggests it. He suggests that Bran Stark, an unknown to most of Westeros nobility, should be king. He makes a speech about Bran's magical powers, which no one really understands, and suggests that Bran's uh, command of narrative means that he should be entrusted with near-absolute power. In the show's universe, the speech should have been greeted with as much laughter as Sam's attempt to invent democracy. It seems the showrunners decided that building up character motivation and complexity was a luxury, gambling that people would just be happy seeing some kind of neat ending for everyone. Boy, that was probably the most unsatisfying thing for me and again, it's something that I think they could have, if they planned early enough, built up. But the hardest part about that was the fact that Sansa was developed so strongly to be that person. And all my investment, I think, was in her by this point. And to have just Bran sweep in out of nowhere, it felt, yeah, really short-sighted. Um, but also the thing about expectations and stuff goes back to the Sopranos ending and how divisive that was and amanda and i never watched that first run and then we watched it together about five years or so ago and i already knew what the big controversy was and i knew how it ended and i think because i knew it ended that way i wasn't like i wasn't upset and so i really really loved the ending but i it i could see how people would be upset about it because it was bold but that ending i think has aged really well Whereas I do not think the Game of Thrones final season will age, will get better with time. If anything, I think it'll become worse. No, I I feel like they just gave it a Disney ending. I do want to throw one last thing because, you know, I have to. I want to throw in... Man's hubris. (laughs) Although that is a part of it. (laughs) Mike Pence. No, you'll never see this one coming continuity mistakes whoa oh like the water bottle did it take us out of it so (laughs) wait wait did you see those happen in real time or just after the fact i saw it afterwards personally but i think a lot of people obviously saw it in real time and it wasn't just the coffee cup it was the water bottles that were on the floor in the scene where bran uh, bran is being named king um, and then there was uh, fans notice uh, inconsistencies of the way that King's Landing was being de- depicted because it wasn't the, uh, the same city. 
And then, of course, there was um, Daenerys wearing different wigs when she arrived to Winterfell. I mean, there was just... Uh, do, do these kind of things ruin the movie magic for well, us? Well, you know, you have a point that maybe it's not themselves the things that are problem, but that's indicative of maybe a lack of focus on this season overall that those are just signs of that so maybe that is something and or exhaustion maybe it's not even lack of focus it, i could see where these people were exhausted no 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 matt there's a face to the name too because we are going to put <laughs> the script supervisor who's in oh, charge of wow the, who's, who's in charge of continuity let's mistakes. get a name fact checker i'm looking for the script supervisor <laughs> there's, oh, man. Wow. there's, there's oh, so many God. people there's on a this lot list. of people he's scrolling down a very long list for the the big slap they yeah. are Okay, I can't find the. He can't find it, but script script, uh, supervisor, you know who you are, and we're we're (laughs) it's season eight script supervisor. (laughs) Uh, All right, I'm going to go through who's to blame for season eight of Game of Thrones. DB Sweeney, (laughs) yes, David Benioff, and DB Weiss, George R R Martin, HBO, Schroeder's cat, Schrodinger's cat. No room. What what would we say about that? The, there were no other writers. No writers small room. room. Small, small writer room. room. I'll just. But that's on them, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's on them. J.J. Abrams, um, the fans' entitlement, poor managerial skills, creative ego, continuity mistakes, aka the script supervisor. Well, there are way more things up on the board than I thought there would be. <laughs> yeah. I think right away we can knock off um, No Writer's Room and J.J. Um, Abrams. Uh, you, you, I don't know about You want to keep D.B. Sweeney no on over those two? <laughs> <laughs> we can take D.B. Sweeney off. But my, my beef with J.J. Abrams is how he created a monster. Yeah, Smoke this monster. show struck me as the anti-Abrams. That's though. true. I don't think they were afraid... They weren't afraid to kill characters, be decisive, wrap things up. That's true. I think that's why I loved it so much. Okay, J.J. Abrams, it's off the list. All right. Abrams is off, D.B. Sweeney's off, and a small room sort of gets uh, absorbed into the showrunners. Right. Well, and Schrodinger's cat. We can't blame physics for this. That's yeah, true. I think we can take Schrodinger's cat off. And, and Schlesinger's cat. Yes, and poor managerial skills for my money. Well, that goes back to the uh, showrunners, so yeah, you're right. Yeah, that gets I absorbed into the showrunners. So left on the board are... David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, George R.R. R. Martin, HBO, The Fan's Entitlement, Creative ego and the script supervisor for continuity mistakes. We got to let the script supervisor. She can't, yeah, no, we can't. They, can't. they can't take the fall, we and we we are happen. not going to give him or her the big slap. No, I actually think we can take HBO off the list. Whoa, agree. Because really? in this case, they wanted more. Yeah, and they were willing to give them free reign on story, plot, and. And they gave him a shitload of money. Yeah, yeah. they had bottomless resources. Just to push back on that a tiny bit, because I also agree with you guys, but we keep hearkening back to how hard it must have been for these two showrunners to keep the thing going. But doesn't money make things easier? And as the network, can't you intervene there and say, look, I know you guys are having a hard, rough go. Like, give us another five years. We will throw any amount of money at you that you want. Chris, they got $15 million per episode budget. Jesus. That is a lot of I, money. I know. I'm just... You, the showrunners didn't want to give up control. Yeah. I, yeah, I, and they... Yeah. 
All right. So I, I think we need to take HBO. Look, I'm dying to put a network in the alarmist jail. I could see where they were pressuring them to make it longer, longer, longer. And Weiss and Benioff were like, no, we just got to have a finite ending. And maybe they share the blame. But ultimately, it seems like the studio for once was willing to give them everything that they wanted. That's true. And ultimately, they did let them end it when they ended it. So we've got four bad boys up on the list still. We've got uh, the showrunners. We've got George R.R. Martin. We've got the fans entitlement. And we've got creative ego. What are we going to do here? I think we can take off creative ego. Yeah, <gasps> that, that could be the showrunners. They're the same thing yeah. if that's the case. But don't you think that... that that is propelled by society. Have it be yours as opposed to, maybe it's a a more socialist idea, but sharing it with other people. I agree, but because this is a situation where we literally have people whose titles are showrunners, it's hard for me to send an idea to jail and not a human being. Even if they are exercising creative ego, that's on them, not right. on the concept. You know what? I agree with you. So we're taking creative ego off the list. Cut. Now, George R.R. Martin, a case against him is he didn't finish the damn book. Right. The idea was just that George R.R. Martin couldn't keep up with the pace of television. Is that sort of what it was? I think it's more than that. I think he he has not written a new book since the show came out. Is that right? Uh, One was released. Talk about maybe. creative ego. I, I think we we missed an opportunity to put writer's block up on the board. Mm. Ooh, well, we still have time, I'm, Amanda. Well, that kind of is George R. R. Martin, but I do think like it, whether it was writer's block or complacency, he just sort of stopped. I mean, who knows what he's going through? It's hard to write one of these books. Maybe he lost inspiration or he was so wrapped up in the TV series that he just couldn't finish what he started. But is there also possibly a level of like for lack of a better word, insecurity where can he now live up to the show that was based off his own book? There there must be a weird like multi-level pressure wow. thing going on for him. I, does that go back to the fans? I think so. I was trying to get to that myself because that's actually, I feel like where I'm leaning. (gasps) I know that I know that may not be the case for the rest of you. No, I'm actually there. I'm with you, Matt. I, I, I am. I think that, you know, we need to kind of let the story go where it wants to go and not be so demanding of the kind of story we want to be told. I agree with you 100% because say what you will about, and there are shortcomings of George R. R. Martin for not finishing things and for the showrunners for not sticking the landing. But again, none of this, we wouldn't even be talking about this if they hadn't created something so amazing in the first place. And part of the problem is the internet. And I remember when we were watching these things and People were expressing their real-time opinions of this show on Twitter as they're watching it. We had a major death spoiled for us on Instagram once, and nobody was processing it. Nobody was watching it with the people next to them on the couch. They were watching it with the world, and everybody was formulating opinion in real time as opposed to letting it wash over them. And I think if this show came out 15 years ago, maybe people wouldn't love the ending, but they wouldn't feel like they were like 
personally wronged, which was such a strange thing, you know. I agree because I, I think you're right on that. And let's not forget about the big slap as well, which personally I'm leaning toward giving that to the showrunner. I think we have to. I think yeah, for the I, for things to be fair, we have to. For me, it's settled. Do you agree? I think we need to send uh, the fans entitlement to the alarmist jail. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so it's settled for me. D.B. Weiss and David Benioff, you're getting the big slap. The fans and your entitlement, you're going to the alarmist jail. I, I you know, that wasn't where I thought it was going to be heading, but much like the final season of Game of Thrones, this episode has also thrown a lot of people for a loop. <laughs> do you think the fans' entitlement will rage against this and they're going to do it, uh, a, a petition, petition to redo this episode? I hope so. After the series finale, in October 2019, HBO announced that they were working on a prequel to Game of Thrones titled House of Dragon, set to launch in 2022. The show takes place 300 years before Game of Thrones and will tell the story of the House of Targaryen. The show is currently being written by Ryan Condal based on George R.R. Martin's Fire and Blood book. Are you a Westworld fan who is behind on a few episodes? If so, you might not want to hear this part because it contains a spoiler. In the episode titled The Winter Line that came out on March 22, 2020, Game of Thrones creators made a cameo where the two played a pair of technicians working on a dragon that looks strikingly similar to Drogon for the unnamed Part 4. This created a stir with Game of Thrones fans online who felt mocked. One viewer wrote, To find out Game of Thrones was just a park in Westworld universe would have been a better ending than what we got. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at the Alarmist the on Twitter, at the Alarmist Podcast on Instagram, or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week for a special easter episode we'll be figuring out who's to blame for the crucifixion of jesus christ erios powered by acast 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.